There's a new virus in the database. We have a zero bug attacking all login and all the way files. Run antivirus. Give me a systems display. Hey everyone, today we will be discussing when your cyber defense tools becomes a weakness, becomes backdoors to your environment. It is when your cyber defense becomes the means of an attack on you and on your environment. When the controls you have in place are taking advantage of a weakness, a vulnerability they have and become the tool that are used to steal and exfiltrate data from your environment. So instead of having something to defend you, it's being used as a mean to attack you. These tools are vulnerable as well. When you have a seam, when you have a firewall, all these appliances need to be updated, need to be patched, hardened, and looked after. And only designated people uh, that should have access to these uh, appliances, to these tools, control them, update them, and look after them. And even if you want to give access to these designated people, have a two-factor authentication just in time and just enough access, have a Bastion server installed and not an RDP open to everyone on the internet, and follow proper access management and control tools that you have. The example that we'll be using, but it's not only for this platform or this brand, it, is, it works for everything, but we are going to use one of the latest uh, attacks that happened against Fortinet firewalls and the zero day that was exploited to penetrate and to perform this hack. Uh, Mandiant has labeled this to a group that they attribute to the attack and they track them under UNC 3886. This group is an advanced Chinese espionage group with very, very unique capabilities and uh, operation methods. So how the attribution happened and why? I want to talk a little bit about this part of attribution when an attack happened. This is one of the hardest when it comes to cybersecurity to have a, an accurate attribution. And if you can't find enough evidence and data, don't attribute to certain groups. Now, this attribution happened because Mandiant, which is now owned by Google, was tracking a previous attack that happened in September 2022 against VMware. And this particular group used the same tools, softwares, what we call TTPs. And they used virtual PETA and virtual PI as the backdoors. And they were used as well in this attack to uh, have persistent. And that's why the word is APT, Advanced Persistent Threat, which are the groups that usually sponsored by governments, have very sophisticated uh, uh, tools and methods that they utilize. Most of them are zero days by that time. And not only that, stealing and exfiltrating data, they have or they require persistent as well in the environment. If you go to the MITRE ATT&CK website under the groups blade, you will find many of these groups that are being tracked. And you can find APT1, APT12, APT16, 17, 18, all attributed to Chinese actors. Uh, usually, the, these APTs are classified or labeled in the industry on the pandas. 
and you will find, for example, Jackpot, Panda. By the name, you know, this uh, group more target the gambling industries. You have Sunrise Panda. You have Aquatic Panda, which is linked to the MSS, Ministry of State Security. And its main focus is to gather intelligence from other agencies and other companies and other industries. And you have the Phantom Panda, which its main focus on telecom companies uh, that they target. So these attributions happen because they follow a lot of TTPs, not only by finding uh, an IP, for example, from this country, and they think it's this team, because these can be uh, spoofed easily. So attribution comes when you have threat hunting and intelligence enough about these uh, group activities and what is labeled as the modus operandi of these groups and how they work. So with the latest disclosure, we know now that that zero day, after that zero day, we call it end day, one day, uh, after it's been uh, known publicly, the vulnerability is CVE 2022-41328. Now, the description that you can find on the cve.mita.org is it's an improper limitation of a path name to a restricted directory vulnerability pass traversal in Fortinet, and they label the versions as well, that allow privileged attackers to read and write files to uh, under the Linux system via a crafted CLI command. Now here it's what they label as a pass traversal attack. This is well known as the dot dot slash or directory traversal or climbing or backtracking which aims to access files and directories that are stored outside the root of the web folder by manipulating variables that reference files to the dot dot slash sequence, which as well mentioned some of those in the Linux security episode. How you can protect is by validating the user input to these directories by having a ch-rooted gel or code access policy that restrict anything to be saved there or taken from there as well. So there's a lot of uh, ways you can protect from these attacks by hardening your environment to start with. This attack happened simply by uh, targeting the 40 net, 40 gate, 40 manager and 40 analyzer appliances and deploying two malicious binary, the thin crust and the castle tap. With this one where the 40 manager was exposed to the internet and because of that, they could install or took advantage of this vulnerability and installed this uh, Python backdoor, which is the thin crust, which is capable to execute commands as well as reading and writing from the file disk. After thin crust is implemented with a new uh, binary here, which is labeled as, uh, as castle tab. Now with castle tab across the 40 gate devices coming through the ICMP port knocking, uh, creating a socket to sniff network traffic and filtered XOR decoded as well a uh, nine bit magic activation string in the payload. When the C2 IP address and the port are praised from the activation packet, Castle tab initiate the connection to the C2 over an SSL socket. Once the connection is established, um, CastleTap expected the C2 server to initiate a handshake and the connection will be moving forward. 
as well. There was observed another uh, binary under slash bin slash KLOGD. It is as well for network managing system and regaining access. It is as well a backdoor uh, and uh, dub, I think, table flip in the network traffic direction. So no matter what uh, ACLs you have in the 40 manager, when you have these binaries, they will take control and they can control uh, the traffic and redirect traffic to whatever they wish. So as we mentioned, these appliances should be protecting more than anything in your environment. And the reason why, because they have a target on them. Uh, malicious or cyber criminals know if they can evade uh, these tools in your environment, they have full control. Any tools in cybersecurity you use in your environment, any appliance, have a firewall, SIEM servers, vulnerability and patch controls, EDR, XDR, uh, anti-malware, anything you have in your environment could be against or utilized or exploited against your environment if you don't patch them you don't harden them and you don't do the right thing especially if these appliances are exposed to the outer world to the internet and they shouldn't you don't have control on these appliances to uh, have only the people that should be logging to this environment is allowed and even with these people should have two-factor authentication they should be audited and controlled and know exactly what changes they're doing when an update what this is what we call a change management is happening you do it in the proper way where you patch and update this environment so don't leave it there uh, because it's not broken why should i fix it this old mentality is very very uh, dangerous whenever there's patches especially security ones apply them as fast as you can Within Australia, I've been mentioning the Essential 8, and I always advise companies and projects I'm working on to apply at least these Essential 8s before you go into a complex cyber program or a framework and spend a lot of money. First of all, don't be the lowest hanging fruit. Do the right basic things. It is all with these basic uh, activities that you'll protect yourselves. When we talk about the Essentials 8, what are they? You have application control, patch applications, configure Microsoft Office macro settings, user application hardening, restrictive administrative privileges, patch operating systems, multi-factor authentication, regular backup. When you look at them, they are all simple, basic things. If they're done, all of them combined properly, you get really good results. From our lesson that we learned today is the patch applications and as well patching operating systems. You do that under the essential aid, you have certain time frames where you have you scan at least every fortnight for vulnerabilities and the patches you have to apply depend if they're critical, high, low, medium, within 48 hours to two weeks. And sometimes let's say Every patch Tuesday, you do it monthly. It's not advisable, but if you have severe or high or critical, you have to apply them within a certain time frame. And I say that because in reality, sometimes an operation, it's a little bit different. Sometimes you know you have these vulnerabilities, but you cannot apply uh, patches to this environment. Either it is too old or 
it's not compatible, you do compensating orders. If you have them, put them in a virtual environment, a hardened virtual environment and restrict access. There's always solutions that you can do and not the excuse of we can't do it, we leave them. You always have to mitigate them in a certain way and compensate on that weakness or that vulnerability that you have by uh, introducing other controls into your environment. So now, since we mentioned these two parts of the essential aid, when we talk about as well application control, and here we're talking about application restriction and execution, executable softwares, libraries, scripts in your environment as well. How they're doing uh, the scripting, the coding, is it been checked against uh, on the OWASP 10 and 20 vulnerability? Do you have a system, a process of software and code development? on a very small scale to start with. And then you start going and improving the process as well. Macros, how easy as well it is to restrict that in your environment. And sometimes you say, well, we use that in our Excel sheet. Have that restricted to certain entities, to certain uh, IPs, to certain servers, and not to the outer world, not to this macro to start communicating with a C2 and you know downloading a payload into your environment. You can always find alternative and restrict and fix in your environment. Hardening or use uh, any user applications. This is what we call shadow IT as well. If you don't know about the application used in your, in your environment, you cannot harden them, you cannot fix them. So as well, start with the basic, with Microsoft Office applications or Microsoft uh, OS and harden and work on these applications within your environment. We, we speak a lot about administrative privileges. If you have to give a certain user an admin rights because this is part of their job, you have to apply a lot of restrictions on that and not have it as their day-to-day -day account. Only when they need to use or do a certain task, they log into that, they do it, and they log out. And you have, as well, two-factor authentication enabled on all the accounts, especially on uh, admin user. You have a, a part of a VIP or a sensitive tab in your environment. Whenever they used, you have uh, information or alerts sent as well. And backup regularly, it is a given when you do the backup, test these backups at least once every month, choose few servers and uh, restore them to see that your backups are working and everything is fine. You don't want to come to the day where you really need to uh, restore your system and you discover that your backups haven't been doing what they should. So overall, this is exactly what we wanted to talk about in this episode. We don't want to go too much into the actual hack that happened. It is unfortunate it happened with any vendor in cybersecurity, but this one, they've been taking advantage for quite some time and using or utilizing these zero days before and taking advantage of very high profile government agencies and uh, organizations. So hopefully we shed some light on that and we explained and provided some solutions in what we need to do. That will be all. As always, thank you so much for listening and have a nice day. Thank you. The Rising Cyber by Chad Sally B.